You're listening to The 123 Show with me, Noreen Mayer, this afternoon. Let's turn to our first guest and topic of today. In the next 15 minutes or so, we're talking to Janice Chan, who is the CEO of Sons and Daughters, which is a local anti-trafficking NGO that advocates for the rights of those who have been caught in a sexual exploitation. Welcome to the program, Janice. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Thank you for having me on the show. Really delighted to join you today. Yes, it's great to see you via Zoom. Um, I was wondering if you can tell us a little bit more about uh, Sons and Daughters. What kinds of work do you do there? Yes, so um, as you already um, included in your intro, our primary area of work is uh, to reach out to and connect with those who are caught up in the commercial sex industry here in Hong Kong. Um, so we have a uh, drop-in centre where people who we meet on outreach are welcome to come and join in um, classes and activities or, or just come for a rest and a break, just a safe space really to to be able to um, be themselves, to rest, but also um, perhaps they're seeking um, help and support for certain crises that are going on in their, in their lives. Um, they can also come to that. And then we also do aftercare. So for those of uh, the people who we meet who decide that they really don't want to remain in their line of work, they want to leave the industry, then we have a program which runs for one year and um, that's really just designed to help um, people to prepare and uh, acquire uh, everything that they need to start a new career. Because sometimes it's not so easy to sort of leave behind a life that you've known uh, for, for a part of your life. And it's even though some of them want to leave, it may not be so easy for some. Uh, do, do you get many people who sort of come in during the break? And, and, and I mean, what do they talk about uh, dur during the break? Do, do they talk about what they do? Or is it just a place for them to relax and, and get away from it all? Yeah, we, we have a whole, whole range of um, different types of interactions, I suppose, at a drop-in. Um, the the women, I guess, they, they do tend to be, you know, actually very, very open-hearted and, and they'll come in and um, that they'll share about their lives, they'll share about their situations and, and the challenges and barriers that they're facing. I, I think that um, my team and, and my volunteer team are, are usually quite stricken by how open the women are and um, just honest and transparent. You know, it's, it, it's, it's refreshing in a way that they, they just speak the truth and, and they're very plain about it. And I think it's a also a reflection of actually the, the, the depth of their feelings of isolation being in um, the environments that they are in day in, day out, working in the brothels or even, uh, you know, in the streets or even if they, they work freelance, it's, it's quite an isolated uh, job. And, of course, you know, there, there's the, um, the social prejudices against um you know, uh, people working in in the commercial sex industry. So, so they they really feel it. They feel very alone. They feel like, really, there's there's no one who who who. It's very rare 
for, for them to come across people who will stop and actually take an interest in who they are. As a because person of course, rather than... Absolutely, yeah, yeah because when, if, if we look at the structure of the commercial sex industry, um, the women are, are pretty much commodities, right? I mean, they're, they're just, they are providing service and, and, and the service that they provide is to be whatever the customer wants them to be in many ways and, and behave in ways that the customer is paying them to behave in. And so there's very little acknowledgement or regard for who is this woman who you know who's who's sitting in front of me no one really cares you know who I am or what I like or dislike what I want to do or don't want to do it's all you know so um in that sense when they when we meet them on outreach um and you know our team members you know really take the time to to have a genuine interest in who they are, you know, what, what do you like? What's your, even just hearing someone ask them, what's your favorite color? What's your favorite food? I think that really um, helps to break through that feeling of loneliness and, and isolation. And I think a lot of the times the women are quite surprised as well that, you know, we go every week, week in, week out to visit them. And, and they always, they often comment on how, you know, why do you, um, why do you care about people like us? You know, most, most of society that, you know, look down on us. They, they don't like us. Um, and so, yeah, the, the interactions that we have with the women just tend to be very, very authentic, very genuine, very open. And um, so meaningful. Yeah. And so meaningful as well, because I think it takes a, a, a great deal of, friendship and and authenticity on on your part and and your team's part to be able to build up that friendship with them and for them to open up uh to to, to you and your team also janice um so i mean without generalizing i mean who are these types of women who you know fall into uh the industry of, of sex work um i mean there's, there's no one answer fits all but who are the types of people who you've come across uh in your work mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right to say there really isn't a type. I mean, we we work with um, we work with people who who are you know from age. I mean, uh, unfortunately, some underage, so in their teens, uh, up until you know pe- people who are who are grandmothers. So, <laughs> I mean, honestly, yeah. I mean, and and these are you know women who. Um, are still working in in sex industry as sex workers when they're already grandmothers. So really, that there's there's such a wide range, and we've we've met um, people from all over. Um, from I mean, what you would expect, you know, kind of uh, South and Southeast Asia, but also you know as far afield as um, South America and Eastern Europe and. Africa, Eastern Africa. I mean, they they really come um, from all over the place, and I think that also is a an indicator um, uh, of how active um, trafficking is actually in, in in Hong Kong, and and the fact that it, it does serve as a, a transit city a lot of the time. So. The women that we talk to, they often will share with us that, yeah, you know, this is I'm just here for uh, a week or two weeks, and then I, I'm, uh, you know, I was I've already been to 
Malaysia and Singapore and now Hong Kong and the next I'm going to somewhere else. So it, it's often that way. And um, yeah, so as far as we have observed, it seems like uh, Hong Kong is somewhat of a transit hub. Uh, but also, yeah, I, I think that the level of um, of human trafficking or sex trafficking uh, is probably far higher, more active than people, the general public are aware. Yeah, I, I find it so shocking to hear that, you know, Hong Kong is just a, a transit place for them. So that they, they've been to somewhere else, like you said, Malaysia and, and other places, and they come to Hong Kong and then they're off to somewhere else. Is, yeah. there, a, is there a way that that chain can be broken? Or, I mean, are their passports sort of illegally de- taken by, by the ringleaders, so to speak? How does it work? Yeah, so, I mean, there, there are um, various various means, various uh, strategies that the um, traffickers use to, um, to coerce, uh, to deceive, uh, to force uh, the women um, into doing sex work and, and also moving from country to country, city to city. Um, yes, it's common uh, that um, ID documents are confiscated, uh, you know, threats made to family, threats made to, you know, personal, you know, physical um, safety of the women. Um, yeah, all, all sorts. Uh, debt, debt is a big one. Um, so... Yeah, and unfortunately, they, they're, they're, all, all of that is going on. Yeah. How do they eventually escape then, Janice? Or are they sort of trapped in that vicious cycle of threats and shame and, and all the rest of it that's sort of linked in, in this industry? And so these women never end up leaving. Mm. So typically, um, the, the, the people, the individuals that we have worked with have, uh, basically worked off uh, their debt. So it, that, that's what we, we've seen is that the um, the women may uh, have been recruited in another country, in a country of origin, maybe with the promise of some sort of work overseas. A better life, a oh, high-paying you know, salary. A hotel job. Yes. Yeah, a, a, a school teacher job. Yeah, I can arrange everything for you. Uh, and then, um, so so then they, they agree and they, they, they agree to pay a lot of money, um, you know, for the the flights and they think what's what's going to... The agency um, fee. Yeah, kind of materialise into a decent job, you know, for them to, to earn money and, and help their families back at home. And then, but then when they arrive, it's, it's a completely different place to what they were promised and then there, there is no job and but now you know you you owe me x number thousands of dollars and you have to pay it back and i know where your family lives you know or you know i'm holding your your passport until you've worked that off and so yeah typically we meet the women um at the stage where they've already you know kind of worked off their debts and and many at that stage then i mean you could imagine you know once once you you've you've kind of been pulled into and caught up in 
being commodified and used in that way and you know what it does to your sense self esteem and steam yeah the, the shame that they feel or you know what else can i do what else am i good for you know it, all of that comes into it and so they quite frequently we, we find that even after they've been released from the the debt bondage and they've paid it off they, they just continue in the same line of work and um i think that there's a there's a type of emotional numbing that comes along with with having already spent so much time um doing that kind of work and then that there's a um they they are exposed to the idea that this is the way to earn money quickly and well you know i've already done it you know so why not you know it's a quicker way to to send money to home money and yeah. family. what's yeah. the longest time um someone's been in that line of work that that you've met oh the longest time hmm, maybe 10 years plus I've been maybe 12 15 years like that that's a long yeah I mean that's that's long but it's yeah the the women there there are health complications that come along with it so most most of the ladies we meet do um yeah they develop quite quite serious chronic um uh issues health issues and and so um are they able yeah, to use many women protection? don't last that long because they, wow. they have to stop they wow. have to stop are they able to sort of use protection i mean to mitigate um you know the chance of say stds and, and pregnancy and unwanted pregnancies yes yes absolutely i mean that's that's something that the women are uh very on top of very mindful you know about and and they definitely do uh use use um protection uh but there are yeah there are there are other issues that come along with um i think maybe a bit too much to yeah (laughs) to go into it on on, you know on on a show like this but it's okay so because there's just too much sort of sexual activity it uh that the wears and tears that go along with you know yes that's kind of prolonged bleeding and and you know just kind of wet yeah like you say wears and tears that's so yeah. terrible, yeah. Um, Janice, I also know that at, at Sons and Daughters, there's a, a sort of a crisis intervention program that you offer as well. Uh, can you talk us uh-huh. through uh, that? I mean, what exactly do you offer there? Yeah, so it's um, basically, uh, I, in a nutshell, I would say that we our doors are open to um, anyone who's working in industry um presenting with anything so <laughs> whatever they, they they come through our doors with we will i mean you know at the very least you know be there to listen to support uh not 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 judge and at least you know assist with finding um and accessing uh any sort of help or support that they need whether that be medical uh legal um 
or you know psychosocial psychosocial uh it, it really you know just depends on the very individual circumstances of each person that comes but i mean on site in house we have um yeah trained professional counsellors so we, we we run a counselling service so it could be either one-on-one -on -one or even therapy group counselling uh, we have a range of uh, classes that's um, you know there can be interest classes so just you know baking cooking uh, fitness uh, to language so learning uh, English, we run an English program, we run a, a Chinese Mandarin program, we run Chinese reading and writing, um, we have uh, then more, more skills-based training as well, so um, sewing, candle making, oh, wow. actually sewing and candle making is actually how our social enterprise kind of uh, it grew out of, of the skills training because we, we were training ladies to, you know, use the sewing machines and create things and pour candles. And then we end up with heaps of stuff. Products. <laughs> yeah. So we just thought, you know what, let's try taking it, you know, to, to a church or, you know, a local fair and see people would be willing to give a donation to, to take one away. And so that's, that's really how it started. And, and now we, you know, we're grown into a fully fledged uh, social enterprise. We, yeah. That's and, brilliant. Um, which, is and, <laughs> which is called restore, which is called restore. Yeah. Let's go into that a little bit more. Um, what sorts of reactions have you had from sort of your beneficiaries, you know, after making all those products? I mean, what does it do and, and how, how does, you know, giving them extra skills and values uh, restore or help with their self-esteem? Yeah. I mean, as I said, uh, where when the women first come when we first meet them um it, often you know their their sense of uh sense of self has really been eroded away by just being i mean literally just being used you know like day in day out it, it's just you know their body being used them you know it's so the, the sense of self-esteem, sense of self-confidence is usually, usually actually quite low. Um, and, yeah, the social stigma also that, you know, they just feel like they don't, they won't be accepted or, or they don't know how to interact with um, mainstream society. They feel lesser than in any way. So because, because that's, that's how... They've been treat treated them. them, yeah. Yes, that's how they've been treated. And so coming into um, our programs and just, not, you know, we're all the same. We, we know no one looks at them in a different way. You know, we, we, when you, if you ever come to visit, you know, you'll see we're just, we're, we're, we're like friends, you know. We, we're just, everyone is the same. Um, and, um, yeah, we, we learn together and uh, it, it's just such a different um, environment, a different way of, of experiencing compared to to their work, and um, picking up skills. The women have, have have shared. You know, I I never thought I would actually be able to do something. So we have a, a computer literacy. Oh wow! Class and yeah, one of the women. Um, they can do know, coding as well, maybe. 
<laughs> we would love to 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 branch out into that. I mean, maybe if we have any listeners out there who can, you know, join in and and you know offer their expertise, get in touch with Janice and and offer some. Yeah, it'd be fantastic. Coding. But I mean, you know, the women, one one woman said to me, you know, I I just never imagined that I would like have the capacity to be able to you know like do all of this stuff on the computer, and she was like so amazed at her own um ability and and so it's just really great you know to see women just realizing um their capacities and realizing what was already there i mean you know we, we're not we're not you know magicians that give them new things i mean they already have the capacity they already have the abilities you know but often um that sense of connection with um her herself and and her abilities to do things has been eroded down and so through even just you know pouring candles or or sewing an apron actually is a very very powerful uh way of for, for a woman to realize her potential and it, it it's very very meaningful to the women when they um, when they see that, like my, my candle, my apron has value to it. Someone actually wants to pay money to buy that. Like I can do something good. I can do something, you know, the, the work of my hands is, is worthy. It's valuable. You know, people will actually want to buy it. And, and it's just so powerful. It seems like such a simple thing. Um, that it really does so much to in, reinstill a sense of confidence and you know capacity and pride and you know all that good stuff um, yeah. to the women. That's really touching and 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 heartwarming to hear how something so simple as that, but yeah, it can really make such a big difference given the way that the horrible ways that these women have been treated in the past and sort of a, a new a new life for them, a, a new leaf and, and a new beginning. Um, Janice, before I let you go, can you uh, tell our listeners, how can we support the work that you do at Sons and Daughters um, as well? Have you got a website and, and any social media that we can support you on? Yes, absolutely. You can find us uh, on Instagram, Sons and Daughters Hong Kong, uh, Sons and Daughters HK, I think, and uh, also our website, www.sonsanddaughters.org.hk, and uh, also on Facebook, Sons and Daughters HK. You'll you'll find us on Facebook. So, um, yeah, check us out. I mean, you can. There's a, a page that you can uh, make a donation if you want to do that. Um, there, there's a bit of explanation uh there which shows you what we will do with different amounts of money uh what can be done with it um other ways would be to um volunteer you know we're, we're always always looking for people to come and you know just share share your your skills share your expertise um we're looking for skills instructors we're looking for people to join our outreach teams um i mean the there is a, a certain you know level of commitment we do um ask that people do commit to a minimum of one year of volunteering with us but that's that's just you know because we, we're very relational um 
place and it's all built on relationships so we don't want a revolving door you know people coming in and out and in and out and it you know kind of feels a bit like a, a tourist or you know zoo kind of you know people coming in and just kind of being there but then leaving again and that we find that doesn't work so well with the women um so yeah volunteer come and you know teach a baking class come and teach sewing we're really really in need of actually sewing instructors so if any of you out, you know out there are listening right now and and you know you're really a whiz on on the sewing machine do get in touch with us Thank you so much, Janice. And I hope our listeners, if you are a, a, a whiz on the sewing machine or any sorts of other skill sets, baker, artist, maybe photography, I don't know, you name it. If you can lend your expertise to Sons and Daughters, reach out to Janice Chan, the CEO of Sons and Daughters, which is a local anti-trafficking NGO uh, advocating for the rights of those who have been caught in the local uh, sexual exploitation uh, circle. Thank you so much for your time once again, Janice. Thank you.